Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Women podcast. If you're a woman who is ready and willing to be a follower of Jesus, you're in the right place. Join me this season as we dive in deep to learn how to embrace your journey on the covenant path with checkpoints instead of checklists. I'm your host, Darla Trendler, and I'm cheering you on. Welcome to your journey. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Women podcast. This is Darla. I'm so happy that you're here. This is our last episode in a 10-part series about embracing your journey on the covenant path with checkpoints instead of checklists. And I have loved doing these 10 episodes. I'm so grateful that you've been here. I have bonus contents for each of the 10 episodes in the series, as well as devotionals that you can access by purchasing my course, 10 Ways to Embrace Your Journey on the Covenant Path. I'll tell you more about how to get the bonus content at the end. So let's go ahead and we're going to dive into this episode. This episode is episode 10. Like I said, the last one in our 10 part series about embracing your journey on the covenant path with checkpoints instead of checklists. And we're going to talk about love. So last week we talked about purpose and this is kind of, you know, once you know your purpose, we've talked about lots of different aspects of being on the covenant path. But one thing that I really wanted to dive into, and I've saved it for the last episode, is that when you know what your journey is on the path, then you can help other people. And we can be an extension of the Savior's love. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But I want to tell you a story first. So one really cold January morning when I was living in Utah, I left my apartment early to get to work because I knew the road conditions would be snowpacked and slippery. And so I'm making my way down a major street, and I saw a girl, a young girl, trudging through thigh deep snowdrifts on the other side of the road. She was clearly a teenager with a backpack on plus a musical instrument in each hand. And I could see that she was not wearing gloves and she seemed to be struggling. When I saw her, I thought how strange it was that someone would be trudging in the deep snow carrying so much stuff. And as I kept driving, I had a strong impression. Turn around and pick her up. I brushed the thought aside because I didn't want to be late for work. But again, I felt the impression a second time, only this time it was even stronger. Turn around and pick her up. So I made a U-turn at the next intersection and I pulled alongside the girl. I rolled down my window and said, hi, do you need some help? The girl immediately broke down into tears and she told me that she was a student at a nearby high school and had missed the bus that morning. She received a ride part of the way, so she had decided to walk the rest of the distance. She told me her name was Rachel, and she was a band student. She was carrying a bassoon, which is quite a large instrument, and a flute, along with her book bag. And Rachel had become disoriented in the snow, and she didn't even know if she was walking the right way. I knew the high school was close by, but she was, in fact, walking the wrong direction. I told her my name, and I asked her if I could give her a ride to school. She was so relieved and she didn't hesitate to say yes to my offer for help. We loaded her instruments in the trunk and we chatted about band stuff. And in only a few minutes, we were at her school. She grabbed her instruments, thanked me and told me she was never going to miss the bus again. So this season, we have talked all about embracing your journey on the covenant path with checkpoints instead of checklists. As you gain more confidence in your journey, there will be inevitably opportunities for you to reach out to others. On the icy morning that I met Rachel on the side of the road, I knew where I was going and I had a way to get there. Rachel knew where she was going to, but she needed some guidance about which direction she needed to go. She also needed help getting there. 
I believe a loving Heavenly Father knew of Rachel's plight that snowy day, and he put me in a position to help her exactly when she needed it. I was able to literally help Rachel get back on her journey. And although we are all each on our own unique journey, our personal path will also be intertwined with the paths of others. There are many instances in our lives where God places us in a position to help others who are lost, going the wrong direction, or who have stepped away from their journey on the covenant path. One of my favorite talks from April 2020 General Conference was by Sister Joy Jones. And Sister Jones's talk is what got me thinking about this episode about love. If you remember, she shared about the roles of a covenant-keeping woman in the restoration in that talk. She gave hope to every Latter-day Saint woman that although we have many roles, we don't have to do them all at once. Hallelujah! Isn't that the best news? But the thing that I love most about Sister Jones's words was what she said at the very end. Quote, In the final analysis of women's continuing roles in the restoration and for us all, what role is preeminent? I testify that it is to hear him, to follow him, to trust him, and to become an extension of his love. Preeminent means these roles surpass all others. They are the most important roles for us to fulfill. We've touched on all four of these crucial roles in this season's episodes. And today, in the last episode of the season, I want to dive a little deeper on the fourth role that Sister Jones mentioned, become an extension of his love. So in the Book of Mormon, we learn about a group of Lamanites who were taught by the sons of Mosiah, and they were converted. They were referred to as the Anti-Nephi-Lehites, or the people of Ammon, since the great missionary Ammon was the first to teach them. So prior to being taught and converted to the gospel, these people had been especially bloodthirsty, and through the teachings they received from the missionaries, they said, We have been convinced of our sins and of the many murders which we have committed. They decided that as part of their new journey in life on the covenant path, they would bury all their weapons. They made a covenant with God to never kill again. In Alma 24, 18, we read, And this they did, it being in their view a testimony to God, and also to men that they never would use weapons again for the shedding of man's blood. And this they did, vouching and covenanting with God, that rather than shed the blood of their brethren, they would give up their own lives. The scriptures say that the anti-Nephi-Lehi's were firm and would suffer even unto death rather than commit sin. But making this covenant did not mean that they were never faced with having to go to war again. Now, fortunately for the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, they had some allies. There was another group of believers who were Nephites who were willing to protect them. These Nephites went to great lengths to help their brothers and sisters so they would not have to break their covenant with God. I love the faith of the anti-Nephi-Lehi's. They were truly converted to Jesus Christ to make the covenant not to shed blood. But their compatriots, the Nephites, were equally converted and true to their covenants as well. However, there came a point where the war between the Nephites and the Lamanites really heated up. And these anti-Nephi-Lehi's were so grateful for both the physical and spiritual protection they had received from the Nephites. But they could clearly see that the efforts to defend them were coming at a cost to the Nephites. They couldn't bear to see their selfless friends continue to make such great sacrifices on their behalf. So they decided they would have to break their covenant and take up their weapons. But these Nephites who were defending them, they did not want their friends to break their covenant with God. So they compelled the people of Ammon not to bring out their swords. Now, I'll come back to the story in just a minute, but let's pause here to think about a question. 
Why were the Nephites so willing to make great sacrifices to protect their brothers and sisters in the gospel? I believe the willingness of the Nephites is rooted in their understanding of their own covenants. They had been taught what the prophet Alma had shared two generations earlier about keeping their baptismal covenants. Bear one another's burdens, mourn with those who mourn, comfort those who need comfort, and stand as a witness of God at all times and in all things and in all places. Because they understood their covenants, they were committed to helping their brothers and sisters in the gospel do the same. We have made the same covenants with our Heavenly Father and promised the same things, bear burdens, mourn, comfort, and represent the Savior in all circumstances. We have the same responsibility the Nephites did to help others traveling alongside us. In June 2020, I read an article in the church news giving a summary of a talk by Elder Jeffrey R. Holland to incoming mission presidents and their wives. Elder Holland had spoken about one of the final messages the Savior gave to his disciples before he was crucified. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Elder Holland pointed out that this was one of the last things that Christ taught to his apostles. Of all the messages and teachings the Savior could give to the men who would continue his work, this was the one he emphasized because, as Elder Holland put it, it was a message, quote, very easily grasped, if not necessarily so easily lived, end quote. I have often prayed about improving relationships in my life, and the answer to these prayers is always the same, love. Think about any problem you have in your life. Then think about a way love could help you solve it. Love is the answer. The Nephites who chose to protect the people of Ammon used the love they felt from the Savior as motivation to love and help others. Elder D. Todd Christofferson shared, quote, How does his church accomplish the Lord's purposes? It is important to recognize that God's ultimate purpose is our progress. His desire is that we continue from grace to grace until we receive a fullness of all he can give. That requires more than simply being nice or feeling spiritual. It requires faith in Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism of water and of the spirit, and enduring in faith to the end. One cannot fully achieve this in isolation. So a major reason the Lord has a church is to create a community of saints that will sustain one another in the straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life, end quote. Elder Christofferson emphasizes that our progress involves more than simply being nice or feeling spiritual. It's more than checking the box that we did something for the person we minister to. Our individual progress includes embracing the doctrine of Christ. We get strength to continue in our own journey when we are part of a group that is striving for the same goal. Sister Elaine L. Jack also made this point. Speaking to sisters, she said, quote, We are part of a grand whole. We need each other to make our sisterhood complete. End quote. No matter where you are in your journey on the covenant path, you will encounter Rachels who are struggling in their journey and maybe going the wrong way. I love Sister Jack's words because they emphasize that we need each other as sisters. We can help and support each other even when our journeys do not look the same. Come hear more in the bonus content for this episode, where I discuss that we are not in competition with each other for the Savior's love or for a spot at the end of the covenant path. Just because something is right for you and you are inspired to do something along your journey on the covenant path doesn't mean the same will be true for someone else. 
And if we are looking, we can listen for the Holy Ghost to help us know who needs our love, support, and guidance to continue on their journey too. You can find the bonus podcast content in my course, 10 Ways to Embrace Your Journey on the Covenant Path. In addition to the bonus podcast content, you'll also get the full episode in both video and audio format, as well as devotionals for the 10 episodes in this series that are all about how to embrace your journey on the covenant path. You can find a link to the course in the show notes or go to my website, spirituallymindedwomen.com. Click on courses and look for 10 ways to embrace your journey on the covenant path. Thank you so much for joining me this season of the Spiritually Minded Women podcast. I hope that listening to these episodes, you have come closer to the Savior. I hope you have come to know more fully that your journey has value and that the things your journey allows you to contribute are unique and important. I hope you'll continue your journey of being a spiritually minded woman and that you will reach out and be an extension of the Savior's love to others. You can embrace your journey on the covenant path with checkpoints instead of checklists. I'm cheering you on. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on Apple Podcasts. This actually helps more women find the podcast and embrace their own journey on the covenant path. To get access to the workbook for this season and to find show notes and other resources, head over to spirituallymindedwomen.com. For more inspiration, follow along on Instagram at spirituallymindedwomen. Have a fantastic day. I'm cheering you on in your journey.